Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. My name is Winter Fonander, I'm a comedian and the host of this show. Uh, you could, if you could, might tell already, I've got a bit of a cold at the moment. It's blocking not just one nostril, but both nostrils. Not very uh, energetic today, I don't know if you can tell. I'm trying to get everything ready before the impending end of the year. I'm trying to think of what I did this year, trying to decide if I'd won this year or I failed or, or, or learned. How about learned instead of fail? That's better, isn't it? So things are going okay. I've got my presents, most of them. I've wrapped none of them, so I'm not going to do that this evening. I hope everyone else is in the equal amount of disarray and mental anxiousness that I'm suffering at the moment. Uh, the comedy container is is nearly done. I just need to paint it. That's the last thing I need to do. And I can move everything in. Uh, I'm on the time limit now. The hourglass is turned over and there's not much many grains of sand left in it that I need to, that I've got time to fix everything. But I'm getting it done. Time for family. Ah, family. Not getting on very well with my family at the moment, but I'm not going to divulge that information at the moment until I feel comfortable talking about it. But that's what's going on. But this is episode 26 with John Long. John Long is a very funny musical comedian. He's got into the semi-finals of So You Think You're Funny. He has also won third place in the Musical Comedy Awards. He's a very funny guy. He's done open spots for the comedy store. He's really doing well for himself. He's got a fringe show that he's taking up to the Edinburgh Fringe 2017 that you'll be seeing him road testing on the festival circuit next year. If you see him on a bill, go check him out. Very funny guy. You won't be disappointed. You're going to really enjoy this episode. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. We're there at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow me, it's at Winter Phonander. If you like this podcast and you want to donate, you can go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast and donate as much or as little as you want. But if you can't kick something back to us, just leave us a nice review on iTunes or Podbean because it really helps. A nice honest review. Don't want you to bend yourself out of shape. But you know, if you can't kick something back, I'm also previewing a fringe show. The dates for that will be on my website, which is winterphonander.com. So yeah, it's a busy time of year, guys. This is episode 26 with John Long, musical comedian, weaponized. He's recently upgraded to a guitar. You're going to really enjoy this one. So this is episode 26 with John Long. Enjoy. John Long, welcome to the Comedy Defect. How you doing, man? I'm good, thank you, Winter. Yeah. Thank you for the tea. You're welcome. It's lovely. What have you been up to? Uh, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because I'm trying to tell you we haven't been talking for, for like an hour. I mean, look, there's been no gap, but now as soon as I ask you how you are, Suddenly it's like, it oh, it's all tense. I'm locking on, man. Yes, and? Yeah, that's it. Mo- movement. Yeah, do you, we've got to do Especially the... You uh, could never, unless, space, unless space you recorded work. secretly, you could never avoid that, could you? The, the, switch, mm. the switch. There is a switch. Because suddenly you're going, well, people are going to hear this, mm. obviously. Pre-judgment. Um, Just switch your judgment off, so okay, look. I don't know your listenership, but some people are going to hear this, so mm. I've got to be... Got to be on, on point. Oh, you got to stop being just myself. And yeah, you got to be the be best you can be, John. Yeah. Don't that put just put as much pressure on yourself as possible, so you'll definitely fail this test. Okay? Yeah, I, this is a test. This is not a podcast. This is the test cast. Now I work best under pressure, so it's good to okay. You, yeah. Did you bring? As much did you bring the instrument? I didn't bring <laughs> no, my I instrument. <laughs> I did once. I did bring. 
um, local radio for Johnny Murph. Do you know Johnny Murph? Yes, I do. Yes, he was doing. He lives near me, and he was doing a Wandsworth radio local mm. show. He asked me along, and then he wondered why we didn't bring our instruments. I thought that would be a bit awkward to do, like a comedy. Also, all my songs are about sort of sex and things that you mm. can do daytime radio. But Johnny thought it would be all right, but he looked so disappointed when I turned up with no guitar on my back. His face. Oh, I was like, is it just you and your yourself and your personality? Your personality. <laughs> Um, is this John, all you've got, John? I booked the guitar. You were very much the agent for the guitar, like the manager, putting it in the guitar's diary. Yeah. And you've just, like, yeah, you wouldn't feel. So sorry if you had the same feeling at the uh, train station. No, not at all. brought his guitar? Have you not got a land cash? I, I, actually, well, I was about to burn off, but, you know, you already had your hand on the handle, so I was like, okay, well, I better let him in, otherwise he's going to lose a limb. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you play the guitar, so you can't lose a limb. It's Come just, on, it's really, really... Valuable to me. Do you find that more pressure now? Uh, trying to keep your limbs because you play. <laughs> I was so reckless about my arms mm. before I became a musical comedian. I was just yeah. resting them near threshing machines. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I would just let one dangle near yeah. a suspicious-looking animal. And yeah. now I'm cage fighting. Aware at all time. Cage fighting every other weekend. Yeah, yeah. Now you will barely see me near a mm. MMA arena. Yeah, cooking. You know, with like one of those cleavers. It's, yeah. it's the main reason I avoid cooking. Yeah. Mm. That's what my girlfriend doesn't believe that, but yeah, just pot noodle. Look, it's pot noodle because I want to keep my limbs. Okay, you have to understand this. Uh, if I lived on my when I, when I have lived on my own, mm. um, I've subsided mostly on cereal. About eighty percent really? cereal. Oh, yeah, God, that's depressing, isn't it? I know. My growing up, my mum was just didn't care about food, so food mm. was always like, oh shit, we've got to eat, haven't we? Mm. So we like rustle up some food and the thing, and we're like, oh, quickly. And I've just never thought about food ever. Mm. So same, I'm the same thing. As soon as I get like, re- I'm like, God, I'm starving. I'm mm. going to And then all I want to do is something that is immediately edible there and then. And cereal is that. Yeah. In two seconds. What Even sometimes toast sometimes oh. is, I'm like, oh, I can't be asked. <laughs> I'm genuinely that bad. Is that the kind of thing you, you make it and you leave it in the toast? You go, oh, just, it's there. I've done it. Like, I've, I've made, put the effort in. I've toasted the bread. What more do you want me to do? I've occasionally just... been so hungry and so mm. reluctant to do any cooking that I've just, I've managed to put the toast on, but then lost all effort there and just eaten plain toast. Have you just eaten like bread out of the bag because you can't bother toasting it? It's got like a, like a bag of Gen- crisps. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's tough. For low, isn't it? You need a lot of water with that as well, eh? I might die if I lived away own, I think, <laughs> for too long. <laughs> I'd literally have to forget altogether. I'd just be too exhausted and tired to... Crying, mopping your tears up with pieces of bread because you couldn't be bothered getting the tissues. Yeah. Oh. Sadness. Yeah. I'm glad we started on a, on a, on a joyful But moment. I don't, I li- don't live on my own and... Oh, yeah, luckily have all your limbs still, which is have all my which limbs. Is nice. yeah. and I do the things I can do, and mm. other people do the cooking. What was the cereal of choice? Cereal of choice. I went through lots of different things. I, I grew up a little while ago because I brought, it was fair through rice school years. Oh, and yeah. Then I just thought this isn't sustainable. I'm an adult now. I'm a fruit and fibre man. It's, it's a sad day, isn't it? It's a it sad is. day. It's, there's the judgment straight away. You walk into the, the, the <laughs> supermarket and I'll go. Oh, it's just walk past all the fun. Oh, ones. look at look, don't look at those. They'll, they'll, they'll you'll 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 hate yourself. Oh, they're sugar puffs. We always like sugar puffs, you know. And and I remember them. Yeah, it's like seeing ex-girlfriends and they're looking fabulous still. Yeah. And then you then you go into the fruit and fiber section. You're like, but do you get do you get the the brand the brand whatever supermarket's own brand or do you get 
the upmarket actual <laughs> purple fruit and fibre, which is fucking expensive, isn't no, it? No, I go for co-op brands. Good man, that's yeah, what I like. Same you stuff, know, mate, different package. Like I'm, paracetamol, I'm not paying the... I'm buying my misery cheaper today. That's the way I'm going to start my day miserable, but at the same time, economically better off. I'm going to be miserable, yeah, exactly. Might as well have <laughs> 70p in my pocket to show for it. I'd also like to point out that the analogy about cereals is not one I actually find myself in relationship wise what the reality in my relationship is I walk past all the fruit and fibres and go straight for the sugar puffs okay because you because you Cause like not live I like that you're, you're reckless you just you're yeah sick. but in my actual serial eating life mm. I'm very much just a fruit puff man yeah. young at heart young yeah. at heart it's yeah I just love it's cereal it's not diabetic so yeah. quick well, I don't know why if cereal didn't exist mm. I genuinely wouldn't have survived university I don't think wow yeah yeah it's going, to go the, it's going to go on the biography that yeah it is that's going to be a whole chapter going just serial <laughs> thriller going through each one and each stage <laughs> oh, the, my, my exotic summer flirtation with yeah. um, cookie crisp that is so decadent yeah. it's, it's miniature cookies and I yeah, I, ate, I lived off that for about a month or two and I just thought I can't yeah. I can't go on like this like you, how, do you, how do you end a day like that you started so high I know you started with cookies and Oreo well, I, I, co- I would Oreo start and end the day like that oh that's why like evening meal as well even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you not exaggerate sometimes three meals a day cereal fair fair but would you warm it though would you warm the, would you go oh I'll have it cold I'll have it cold in the morning and I then mean, like like slightly get, keep milk out room temperature and then in the evening you kind of like just heat that shit up like oh this is some like, yeah. like this is like soup now <laughs> Weetabix you can do that with Weetabix can't you yeah, heat that up heat up porridge mm. now porridge was always too much effort and uh, even the microwave packed sachet ones too much effort mm. so I genuinely would go sometimes days without a hot meal and then I discovered this is my trip to living uh, yeah. well and healthily yeah. if you don't hate cooking is you can buy the s- soups in a sort like a, in a pl- plastic container it's terrible yeah. for the environment but there you go fuck it they are, they're, they're rigid so they're recyclable so it's okay <laughs> sort of uh, fuck the environment really yeah. short term goals and then um, you mm. get those and they're different flavours and they change them and stuff and then you just buy like mackerel or something like high protein fish mm. and then you just put the soup then you put the fish in and then you just stir around and eat it. That's it. Done. Brilliant. It's a five minute meal. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Jamie Oliver has got shit on that particular recipe. Porridge can be too much sometimes. Yeah, it can, days. It can, it's it, a lot oh, like an obstacle to overcome before you do anything. That's what I was going to say. It's yeah, like, sorry. it's like, no, no, you know, it's totally in agreement. It's like, it ruins your momentum of the day. You're like, oh, I'm just going to put the porridge in. Oh, I put it on for exactly the time that it was supposed to go in. Oh, right, now I've got to fucking clean the microwave. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why now? Yeah, it does have expensive qualities. It does. I don't have a microwave at the moment as well, so none of those brilliant shortcut things you can do with microwaves is available to me. Mm-hmm. It's like a baked potato. It's a no-no in oh, my world God. now. It's like, was it an hour? Two, well, if you want a good one, two hours. Yeah, you yeah. need to put it in a diary, like pre, pre-book pre that shit into the diary. K- Katie makes probably the best paper toes in the universe, but, mm. but they take two hours. Mm. And I was just thinking, it reminds me that, I think Mitch Hedberg had a joke about it where he said, baked potatoes take so long yeah. in the oven that sometimes I'll just put one in the oven mm. even if I don't feel like one because who knows what I'm going to feel like in two hours time and sometimes I'm like yeah I should do I don't it's like a treat fight. yeah it's, it's like, like fuck I've got that you know you got to have achievable goals you know yeah. achievable goals <laughs> you know, live your life unfortunately I just don't have the foresight to put to think ahead that much Oh man! Oh well, there's uh... but that's always cereal, so mm. it's always fine. It's true. It's always a backup. Are you okay? You live here, and you and it looks actually like you've maintained this house 
like a respectful level. Yeah. Like I would, you could show people around this house and not feel ashamed. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit controlling in everything. Like, so right. that, I would have to do that. Otherwise, like, my world would end. Okay. And I would just be, I would like be angry about something else. I mean, this was, ah, this so was just keep one your mind ordered to it, have things. It just, this is exactly it, John. Yeah. It's good. It's not cluttered. No, that's it. where it needs to be. It, it, it feel has the sort of feel of like a, a serial killer, really, doesn't it? It's like, oh, you've got this <laughs> in this house. This would be really easy to clean if something oh, went off. Yeah, you can bleach this, yeah, yeah, pretty quick or whatever you need to do. That's it. Yeah, I didn't, didn't think about it until, oh, sorry. until oh, yeah, just now. Just I'm thinking, how many have died? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but Katie came back. Oh, yeah, she did. That which is good. Yeah, because yeah, so I mean, I'm right. happy you on. That was what I was like. I've got, I've got John on as well. Oh, so I'm so shit. So yes. I can't kill her. I can't kill her yet. But I'm having her um, back on again next year. <laughs> See how point. she's getting on. Yeah. Then, but then I'll have to have you back on again as well because you live together. You have to so, do a double podcast yeah, and get us both. That's exactly what I'll do. Right, know. we'll organise that. Yeah. It'll be like a big party. Big party. <laughs> Cult. We'll do that at some point, a double mm. podcast, and then yeah. um, and we'll be laughing about that joke you made about killing us, but there'll be a small part of us going, are we going to oh, die? Yeah, that's it. What if he um, wasn't joking? Why did he lock the door when I came in? No, no I wonder that's why. True. That's true. did do that. Mm. So, so what else has been happening with you, John, apart from, apart from you know, coming up to this, uh, you know, getting to this point by just eating cereal? Well yeah. done. I mean, fair play to you. That's Thank good. You. That's good effort, man. That's I've, it. I've re- also relied on the, the generosity of others. Oh. Come to a sort of bargaining system where I explain how yeah. awful I am at it, and then say, "But I can do other stuff," mm-hmm. and then just super awful. You can trade services. So I basically just I'll just wash up or whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do that. I just can't cook for some reason. I've been, I've been alright yeah. yeah just doing gigs like yourself yeah still got the, the old part time job though mm. and no car so quite uh, London based trying to branch out to sort of little suburbs mm. and, and because of where I am and a limited thing that's meant I've been really concentrating on the old Guildford market oh <laughs> that's it coaching yeah. as well oh, big yeah. money down there they do have a bit of disposable income too mm. which does help constantly. so I've been doing loads of gigs in like Surrey. Woking, Surrey, yeah, Woking, Sunbury, all those little sort of towns around where. Um, so that's been alright. Um, but I need to get a car. And South London's. Even if I do, South London would be a ball lake to commute from that city. Right? Have, you done, train. have you done a test already in the process of learning to drive? Or you can I drive? can drive. Oh, great, man, that's easy then. I can drive. I can only drive automatic cars. Mm. Um, and I haven't driven for. Eight nine years. Uh, so I, I drove when I was when I grew up in Lincolnshire. There's no, like everything's very very spread out, mm. so you have to drive because otherwise you mm. have no social life. And then I came to London when I was eighteen. I've driven for like a year and a half, two years, and or no, well, a year probably. And then uh, came to London, and then I haven't driven a day since I came here because you just don't need to. And so now I probably probably I've got a li- I'm probably the most dangerous of everything in that I have a license mm. that I used for a little bit. Mm. And really badly, like I had caught crashes as well. Mm. And now I have that license and can drive a car. I haven't driven in it. I might, it'd be, it would be awful. It should be illegal, really. Yeah. That's what, I mean, I, I started late with driving. I was like, well, if I get a car now, I'm definitely going to kill myself. You know, right. Question. Definitely, definitely. So, like, How old are you when you learn to drive? Uh, 26. Okay. So that's a year younger than I am now. Mm. I think I probably would be a better driver than I learned then. Mm. Than when I learned when I was 17, mm. to be honest. Did you, did you have a reckless phase still at that age? Because I mean, I had a reckless, reckless phase. Did you have a reckless phase when you were driving? I had an eye patch. You had one eyebrow up all yeah. the time when you were oh, driving. You know, one of those like what, eyebrow rings as well. It was fucking, you know, terrible. So reckless. Yeah, it was pretty reckless, yeah. 
Um, did you have a retrospective? Shaved face, one you know? side of my face. <laughs> Even me, as a mild person, mm. I had like a reckless phase of yeah. driving where probably in hindsight think, oh, fuck, the map people I could have killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in, that's in spread out Lincolnshire where you can do what you mm. want. But did you, get, did you get that at 26 or not? Are you a bit too... I, I had a bit of a reckless phase. You still do? Sure. Yeah, I still... I had well, definitely up to that point, really. Yeah, around that time. I was like, that was kind of the end of the reckless phase, really, from like... Do you extend your driving? You're a mental driver for about uh, six months. A little bit, yeah. Look, okay. uh, yeah, kind of. So it took you about six months to just calm down. Yeah. I think it was like, oh fucking hell. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they're like, fast now. In Ireland, there's like there's there was hardly any uh, guarded checkpoints, uh, so you could get your provisional license and then drive for like well, which I drove for two years on. You drove for two years on provisional. Yeah, yeah, and like you had to have someone in the car with you apparently, but there was I never did. And I was no, working right, as a, right, right. I was working as a stonemason at the time. And I passed my uh, I passed my test like the week before I got stopped, and that was the first time I got stopped. Wow! And the guard was like, uh, "This, uh, you know." But I was insufferable. The glass tunes on, you know, tunes on. You glass face. on. I'm a reckless face on you. I was like, <laughs> you could just feel the, the cockiness off of me. You Let know? me go. Let it go, man. Let me buy. Totally. Let you, me buy. You don't need this. I just nearly throwing the license at him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> His face, you know, there you go. And he was just like, uh, One week you know, too late, motherfucker. Yeah, totally. That was yeah. a week ago you'd have had me. <laughs> Today I win. Gosh, yeah. That's great. Well, there you go. Mm. I think it worked out fine. Can you be arrested in retrospect now that this is evident? Uh, no, fuck him. Sorry, oh, they can't get me now. You, so you've cut from Lincolnshire. From Lincolnshire. Are your family all up there? No, it was kind of, uh, I moved around quite a bit. Mm. Lincolnshire we stayed in for the, probably the longest though, and that's mm. the last place we stayed, because my dad was in the Navy for a bit, and then he kind of left when I was about sort of 10, mm. so then we settled for a bit. But, so Lincolnshire, there was no family there really, and everyone sort of moved on. My sister's still there, so I go occasionally, and I do occasionally do gigs there, and it's quite good because it's near where I grew up, and it is such a cliquey environment that I think the guy kept getting me back because for a while it was the best gig I could get and I think he just got me because mm. as an MC I could go where are you from? Oh, Surf League oh you probably know the older mm-hmm. whatever boring Surf League Gosberton rivalry it's like tiny <laughs> village idiosyncrasies and stuff yeah. so that was quite fun to do I yeah. never get that chance again oh, I know that place you know that place too it's shit isn't it? yeah it's totally shit yeah. awesome That's and I was worried the first time I did it because I was like um, oh you know what I think I know this place, but you know, I haven't been there in mm. seven years, eight years. So I, uh, I said, things are going to be totally different. And I got there and realised, no, it's exactly the same, well, obviously. And all of the references are the same, and all the same sort of thing about Donington is still exactly the same, and Quadrant's not changed. Mm. So that was where I'm from, these really little tiny villages. Mm. But then from 18 to now, so it's actually, I think, as of this year... London or next year London will be the place I've lived the longest in my life so, mm. so technically it will be a London I guess Do you have a lot of friends back in Lincolnshire? No, or they really? moved on there? Yeah, all my sort of friends and it's kind of a place where well certainly I don't know about you but in school there was the different groups mm. and you could kind of tell by looking at them which ones were going to stay and which ones going to go mm. there was the group people separated already at school mm-hmm. like, oh, you guys are going to stay here and work in the job a mile from your, where you were born and mm. stay there forever and uh, be a state agents and have a lovely, comfortable life here, and your yeah. kids will go to the school. And already you could see us all separating. So our whole friendship group all just went to different parts of the country as soon as they could. Mm. So there's some in Sheffield, there's some in wherever, some mm. in Ireland, some in Scotland, some in 
Yeah, so do you do tours and visit them or anything? Not really. I'm really bad at keeping in touch with people. They're all Facebook. If it wasn't for Facebook, it's a guy thing. No one really. It's like yeah. we're like shit. I keep well, a couple. You're live. <laughs> yeah, you're live. Yeah, good. Okay, cool. Bye. There's the guys that I was in a terrible band with. Well, not terrible at the time, but all right, terrible okay. in hindsight. Here we go. All right. What? And what's they, the uh, what's they, the oh god, they were terrible. They were, the name is so awful that you know. Usually, <laughs> you can just say. Usually, you can just say the name, and uh, it doesn't matter because you don't, can't hear the music, so you know you can't judge it. But even the name is awful. I think they were in. Is it called the the Inu- Windows, which is an awful name for an indie band, and I just couldn't think of a name. And in hindsight, now since I've not been in bands, all I can do is think of awesome names for bands. And forever I'd go, oh yeah, the Innuendos we record, it's terrible. Mm. But we were awful. But we, so I'm keeping in touch with them because we were, we're bonded by the experience of being in that terrible mm. band, mm. and sort of friends with the other sort of groups who were bands as well, but yeah. not as much as our little one. So I keep in touch with them. One's in Birmingham, one still lives in London, and the other one is in Lincolnshire. I don't keep in touch with as much. Huh. And like them two, and then like one guy from my school who I'm still in touch with, and that's pretty much it. Was it the bad life of like, you know, misspent youth sort of thing? Yeah, we're rocking out, we're rocking out, we're out like, mate. We did a out. tour once. Yeah. Of course, all the big named stops on the tour. <laughs> I'm sure you're wondering. So we started where we Spalding, that's our nearest town, yes, obviously. Yes. Where the balls come from? Unfortunately, that's American Spalding. Ah. Spalding, Lincolnshire, is home to. Oh, well, it, it has been. It only claim to fame on Wikipedia was that it was the first place the barcode was used in this country. And it was like trialed. <laughs> and clearly they thought, well, let's trial this in the most tiny, backwards place that still roughly has an infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. But that's it, it was a Wikipedia page, only interesting thing about it. Although it was in the newspapers this summer a lot because there was two big murders there. You might have heard of in the news. One was these two, like, 13, 14-year-old couple mm. who killed one of their, their dinner lady and their daughter in their sleep as part of this weird ritual and then, like, stayed up all night fucking watching Twilight. That happened in my hometown. Mm. And basically, nothing happens there anymore. So people are going, all oh, these kids are going fucking middle. Yeah. Also, then this guy... People mm, need a hobby, don't they? They do need a hobby. And Twilight sex and vampires and ritual killings yes. is, is a hobby, I suppose. You know... Well, it's a last resort, but it's, hey, once the ice rink closed, it, it, there's less there's that's nothing it. to do. There's a problem. Prime rose as soon as like yeah, there was something like that, like the leisure centre closed and everything, all the crime rises. It always happens. Yeah. And people are like, I wonder why. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. give the kids something to yeah, do. Exactly. That's it, you know that oh, you've seen Biker Grove, give yeah. them Biker Grove. Exactly. And there was another killing there as well. Another killing there. Yeah, there was a guy who there was a guy <laughs> this summer, there was a guy who was in my year at school, right? <laughs> right. Luke Park bless his support fucking guy. He was in my year school. I didn't really know him particularly well. He was quite quiet, but he was lovely. Um, his uh, father mm. um, and killed his mother and his sister, and uh, in like just because she wanted a divorce, and he went mental. And I guess her daughter happened to be there when he confronted her, and so him and his brother are left survivors to this day. So it was in the news twice. No one's ever heard of it, but then well, this summer it's the summer of death. Wow, capital of England. 2016. And there was and there was a murder near my village when I was growing up as well. Mm. Between an argument between two Polish uh, field workers, and one of them just stabbed the other one. Wow. In our tiny little village, it was like growing up in midsummer. It was mental. Uh, so your dad was in the navy. What was he in the navy? He was. He joined when he was like 16, as soon as he could, mm. and he um, was just a. I don't know what the equivalent of private is. I guess 
seaman. Okay. <laughs> they call that. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I like to say my dad was a seaman, yeah. but I don't know what the term is. Mm. Well, we're probably seaman. Well, we're seaman at one stage. The, hey, the box. We have nailed we it. Have. It's more in that. There's more in that. There is. There, yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> There's more in that. It's still coming. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. I knew, <laughs> I knew that could be it. So he was base level. Started on the base level. Worked yeah. his way up to like officer. And then he was, I guess he was just sort of in doing like office work there by the end, like mm. as they sort of end up doing. Once you've done a few, as long as if there's no wars and you've kind yeah. of done a bit of stuff out in the field, they just put you in an office right. and do admin. Yeah. And he started down that road and then he got premature uh, arthritis in his hips. So he's got two oh, fake right. hips, my dad. Okay. Apparently, skips generations. So. Oh, that's good. You're lucky, mate. You're lucky. I don't that. know. Apparently, coming up to my age, he was already getting it. So he was got it when he was like early, early 30s. So he, they said, oh, you can't really, because you still got to do certain drills and things. So mm. so they gave him quite a nice sort of early retirement thing and right. said, gave him training. And then he left then and we were free to not move around after that. Yeah. We lived in like Belgium and then Scotland, oh, different right. places like that. And then, yeah. Can you speak French? No. Apparently, yeah, French. French, I think it was like a, yeah, it was on a base. It was on a naval base. So you could, they had like American kids and British kids and mm. whatever, every, all the different kids living there. So they couldn't go to any kind of school. Mm. He had a school that was split into quadrants, right. and like by the middle, and bisected. And each section was a different language. So he had like, mm. but it was one big school. But it was like the English section it was like fences between them all. Wow! And the English kids being kids, and the French kids, and they could play sometimes all together, but they went into their separate bits. So I didn't need to speak any French, but unfortunately. But your mum, she she was what was she? She's Scottish. She lives in Glasgow, yeah. which is yeah. outside Glasgow, with her fella. Hmm. And yeah, so I got so I born in Scotland. So technically, if, if everything goes fucked in this hmm. country, and uh, Scotland seems like this sort of socialist utopia that everyone thinks it might become, if the weather was nicer, hmm. I might just move up there. Hmm. Every every single time I go to Edinburgh, I, think, I could live there. Easy. But then I've never been to Edinburgh, and it's not the Edinburgh Festival, hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if I get there again. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> oh, shit. So the weather that we had at the fringe is the best weather we have. Right, <laughs> shit. Okay. Yeah. And I think we underestimate quite how difficult Scottish winters can be. Mm. And I vaguely remember them from my childhood. Going, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough guy. Well, you're from Ireland, which is... West Cork. West Cork. Oh, West Cork is not... It's, it's a, it's it gets a fair rain. bit of weather. It gets warm rain. Yeah, that's warm it. Warm rain. In the summer. Nice warm it's rain. It's rainy and windy, but it is not too not as cold mm. like far as mm. Scotland, right? Yeah. I'm going to hopefully do a gig in Cork in the new year. Oh, where? I don't, um, it's an old guy by a book called Neil O'Rourke. I don't think you know him. Right. A young guy. He's just... He does yes, I do, actually. Yes. Glasses. Glasses. That's, 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 and that's his name. That's what Peter's friends call him. defining Glasses. That's what they call him. I mean, you know, we're close. <laughs> Mug by a rat, <laughs> mug by a rat, and that's his sort of one of his bits. Yeah. I always remember about him. Um, yeah, yeah. He's got lots of good bits. But he's mm. uh, he's doing a gig in, he's from Cork as well, mm. and he's doing a gig over there. I don't know where it is, it's not the, the club. Is it like that? There's one this, this the city that's run by a prize man. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a few other things. Yeah. yeah. It's not those. Mm. It's like a independent night he's going to kind of organise. But it will have Tony Nor, I think, headlining, so it'll be a good Great, man. And yeah, I just told him I wanted to go over do gigs over there mm. um, and it just happened to organising one because well, I mean, my uncle lives over there now oh yeah so I could go stay with him and do it in Cork? in Cork oh that's yeah, great yeah. what part? in the city or? he lives in the city he got a job he works for what do they call it um, Amazon yeah 
Yeah, yeah obviously you're uh, based in Ireland now. And you, because of tax havens, and you've also got yeah. Apple, which is based there too. Right, so they get massive tax breaks. Mm-hmm. Right? Massive, massive. Is that yeah. why your economy, before the Oxy collapse, had that wonderful... That's for it. like a year or two where everyone's going mm. whoa Ireland is the king of oh shit no we're all fucked uh, yeah we're all fucked uh, Apple uh, is not and Amazon aren't really helping that much they're just like oh no tax okay thanks guys and that's all they're holding on to really yeah. and, and you've got um, yeah you've got like uh, I think you've got Pfizer down there as well which is near the I think Ring, near Ring, Ring of Skiddy I think and then you have uh, you've also got like well, that's it you just the rest was building and farming and it's fuck all really it's not yeah, that's yeah. why it went complimented but it's like having two rich friends watching you go through a hard time and go, oh man, yeah. thanks for letting us crash at your place when we're in the city. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Back to the grind. That's exactly it. That's exactly Fuckers. it. Mm. But yeah, so you've been... Really you appreciate... Been, you know, stay on the couch, buddy. Yeah. So sorry. Mortgage <laughs> <laughs> payments. Yeah. Anyway, where's my Bugatti? Yeah, exa- that's exactly it. Bert, you know, I'm just going to use your uh, your clothes to polish the car with as well. That's <laughs> yeah. the sort of thing. Oh, was this going to last t-shirt? I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a rag. Because yeah. you look homeless. <laughs> yeah. Probably. It's put the laundry now, isn't it? It's probably yeah. just a, a, laundry, a laundry for, for money. Mm. For, you know, uh, for um, overseas... Companies. Well, let's, let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. When did you start comedy? When, when did you get into it? I got into it about so coming up with four years in May. Mm. This is my first stand-up solo stand-up gig. Mm. So I wanted to get into comedy, but I was a bit too. I wasn't I didn't have the balls to do it yet. Sort mm. of thing when I left university. So I started just writing, and I just thought I wanted to be a writer. Mm-hmm. So I started writing a podcast with a mate of mine, and I said, "Let could I uh, one of the only people I stay in contact with, one of the four people I stay in contact with from school." We both like the same sort of comedy, so I said, well, could we write this thing, and it will be, every month we have to release it, it will give ourselves an arbitrary deadline, and it has to be like a, essentially a, a 22, 23 minutes radio show, mm. like, that you would have on BBC, that we made ourselves. But it's basically me, I got into audio editing and stuff. So it had like, it was a sketch show with just us two doing it, but it was written, all written, and I made sure everything was formatted right, and I basically wanted to learn how to format and write, and so I learned the BBC format scripts and stuff, and we wrote it. He kind of came along for the ride a bit, and I just, it was mainly just me doing it, but it was brilliant. So we really enjoyed that, and those were, there's some salvageable moments in them, but they're pretty awful, but it gave me stuff, but we had to write every, you had to write an episode every month, so we was like, just get you to think about it. And at the same time, I was work. I was playing in bands. There was a girl at my university who was a really good singer-songwriter, and she was doing really well. But then they were saying, "You're just on a piano. We can get you bigger gigs, but you need like a band." And she was trying to be cool. She didn't want to get any session musicians in because she was a bit cool. You know, she was an art school kind of girl. So she just got her mates. So she got me a boyfriend on bass and this guy on drums who was just a mate of hers, who later turned out had drummed for the band Alabama. Three, who were the ones that the Sopranos team tune that we woke up this morning. So he turned out actually to be a really old session musician, but just a mate of hers down the pub who said, oh, I play drums. And then it came out. He was an incredibly successful drummer. And he basically made us a band and taught us how to be a band. And, and it was brilliant. We were just doing that. She would get booked into jazz clubs and they would do cabaret nights and they would do have comedians on. But because they weren't in the comedy world, they were like a Ronnie Scott's bar, they were just getting awful comedians. Because they were going to, I guess, the equivalent of Comedy Collective and going, we just need this comedian. And people were going, yeah, me, I'm really good. And they were going, yeah, okay. okay. Didn't know anything about them, so couldn't check them. Mm. And these people were coming on, and a few nights, was, there was some howlers. We were all sitting there going, holy shit. <laughs> some guy doing a really, in a nice kind of Ronnie Scott's bar, doing like uh, open mic level paedophile jokes. 
And everyone's like, oh, oh fuck. Getting it. everyone on board, nice. Warming up the crowd nicely. Yeah, exactly. And then we would come on and we'll do some... Some happy stuff. Obviously, jazz. The, uh, we were at the bar. This was a really cool, like, family-run bar. Mm. And we, I was chatting to the woman who ran it, and she was um, saying, I don't know what to do about these comedians. Do you know any comedians, John? Mm. And I went, well, funny you should mention, I'm actually in a double act, which is a podcast. Mm. And we'd done one gig to, like, <laughs> our mate's poetry night at university, mm. which was to our friends, basically. And we had a video of it. And I said, oh, yeah, I've got, oh, you do comedy stand-up. Um, and I'm a double act as well. And she went, oh, well, you come next week and you can do the, the if you do, um, like, the ten-minute spot. Or you can do two five-minutes mm. between the music acts. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then went, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> so I did actually start musical coming because I wrote a song. It was the only thing I had. And I did five minutes of stand-up. And the five minutes of stand-up was pretty bad. But observational stuff. And the song actually went down really well every time. It's, it was about 50 Shades of Grey and it was really hack. But mm. it went down really well. But... Off the back of that, I started doing open mic gigs, and I brought my guitar one time, and some guy went, oh, you're not a musical comedian, are you? And I, stupidly went, oh, no, I'm, that's just from my band I'm in. And they went, oh, right. And then I just did five minutes of uh, stand-up, which was just okay. Mm. And then from then on, I just didn't bring the guitar, because I thought, mm. from that one cunt saying, you're not a musical comedian. Just crushed your self-esteem and confidence. I just assumed that cool people didn't do that, mm. the good ones... And I'm completely not a comedy nerd, so I knew better, but I just all went, I guess nowadays it's not cool. Yeah. It's so nice I guys. I'm sorry. I apologise for me wanting yeah. to do something creatively. For me. I know. Oh, Playing for my own strengths. Yeah. So I didn't do it for about two years. There's a, there's a story as well. So the last time I saw you, well, actually the first time I met you, yeah. it was in Edinburgh, wasn't it? With, yeah. With, with that compilation show. Yeah. And you were doing a... A bit. Uh, oh, no, no, no. It was no, no. It had something. It definitely had something. You know, you're just going through because I mean, I'm trying to remember what I was doing. You were going. You're going. I was you, drinking back then. So you were you're you're drinking. You were going through. Uh, oh, like a little, like a little drink, man. You like a little drink. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> and then getting someone to say, <laughs> and it kind of, and it kind of worked. To be fair, because then I, I should explain what, what was the punchline there. I say, do you like a little drink? And then the yeah. person would go, yeah, I like a little drink. And they go, he go, and then pull out one of those miniature whiskey bottles and go. Yeah. There you go then. Likes a little drink. And then I've uh, done like a few, a fair few times. Mm. Mm. Oh my god, it was it was like improvised a bit. Yeah, but very you, different to musical. But very different now. But you went to. I'm oh, sorry, man. I didn't see the pain. No, 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 no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to stab you here. I'm not trying to knife you there. There you go. That's all this. Oh, just deal with this, John. Oh no, my world is collapsing. No, I'm not trying to go at you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying because I want. I want because you started doing observational stuff, right? Yeah. And then you went to. Uh, and you went to musical stuff. But there's a story behind the musical thing, isn't there? Yeah. Because I've talked to you about it before. What you know? What happened? So you started doing observational stuff, and then what happened? You were had to do stuff for some night. Yeah, well, yeah. I was doing it. was about two years of just doing stand up. Mm-hmm. It was just okay, trying everything and nothing really working. So at that phase, mm-hmm. trying improvisation stuff and being okay. But then, yeah, we, it was a night where it was a swapsy. It's called Swapsies, It was called. It was for like an open mic comedy night. And they would just get a bunch of they do themes every now and then, mm. and there was various sort of ones. It was one of these ones at Thirty Dicks, you know, mm. uh, in the part of Liverpool Street. So it was always the cokeheads and the heroin addicts. It was quite, quite good fun. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bit cliquey. It was a bit cliquey, mm. and I got a bit stuck in that clique for a long time. But what they would do with their cliquey nights, they would have as these sort of themes, and then everyone would come. Mm. 
And it, but a huge audience of overnight comedians would come and <laughs> suck, suck each other off metaphorically. Mm. Um, but they was doing this... Uh, it was The one really good one was a Swapsies one, where mm. we, uh, the guy took everyone and just paired people up together. Mm-hmm. And he said, you do something with this, you do something with that. And it was brilliant, because actually it got you to think about the complete out of box. And I got paired just by luck, because I was the guy's favourite at the time. He was um, pairing me with the best name he could. Mm. Do me a favour. And the guy was Jay Foreman, who was brilliant. He's a musical comedian. But I guess the idea was to... The guy didn't happen, didn't happen to know that I could play music, but he was quite lucky. So I turned up and he said, I guess, well, what should, I'm going to try stand-up for the first time because I don't want to do any music just for this challenge. And I said, OK, well, I'll try music then. And so he was really good, Jay. We did have time. Basically, he goes, OK, well, what bits have you got or you're thinking of doing? And I gave him a list. And then he went through and told me which one would be the best one to put to music. Mm. So he went through and I had this story, which actually happened about my job where I was working in a recycling centre and a big dildo went past on the conveyor belt while I was in the middle of a tour of all these old ladies. Mm. And one of the people picking out grabbed it and lifted it in the air and was like, oh, fucking hell, look at this, <laughs> and shaking it. It was huge and floppy. Mm. And they were all there like wondering what the commotion is and, I'm having, and I had to explain to them what it was, sort mm. of, or try to. And some of them knew and some of them mm. didn't and it was... And some of them probably just wanted to see you squirm with it. As yeah, well. definitely. Oh, let's see how this, this, you know, this nice-looking boy. You know, he's young, and he's yes. all his grannies. Let's just see how he explains this. I mean, because he's probably looking at us, thinking that these are the right same age as my gran. Yeah, this is absolutely. How I'm gonna describe it. Yeah. And they, well, I swear, they play with that dynamic. Yeah, they definitely know more than they cotton on sometimes mm-hmm. when they're doing that. Oh, would you mind explaining it to me? Yeah, <laughs> probably did a bit of that as well. Agnes, <laughs> bastard. And she, uh, and that happened. And so that, I told it. He, he went. He said. That's really funny. Mm. Does that sort of thing happen a lot? And I said, yeah. And he goes, dude, make that a song, make that mm. story a song. Mm. And that was really good because a song's good if you can get a game, and mm. the game very quickly became things that you should know better about recycling. And so I just did a few examples of those, put it together really quickly, like in about an, half an evening, and just mm. and then did it the next day. And everyone was like, that's really good, you should do that, keep that. Mm. And I was like, okay. And still, the, the probably not the best thing to do, but it's the, the most successful thing I do. Mm, mm. Still, it's great because it gets everyone involved as well. It's, it's got to sing, sing along. along. Exactly, yeah. sing alongs are great. And it's, so it's got a bit of a device in it that helps. It's good mm. for opening, so you get mm. people going a bit and things. Mm. From then on, I just I had a ukulele at the time. It was the only thing I had, instrument wise. I used to carry that round, and also if you only got one song, mm. you don't want to take around the guitar. Just mm. bring out the ukulele. And then after a while, I wrote a second song. Like okay, got you and then after a while, I realised I was doing as much songs as I was doing stand up, and then I, and then people started saying to me, I started just hearing people talk about ukuleles and their hatred of them. Mm. Have you picked up on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. Isn't yeah, it? it's a thing. People hate it I, because it represents something. It represents people being there's a certain type of I guess. I'm a bit kooky and I'm mm. doing mm. I'm changing the lyrics of a song yeah, but, in a very obvious way to say dick instead of yeah because again there's people that, that play the guitar badly and there's people that play, that play it well and if you play the ukulele well and you have great lyrics what the fuck it's still going to be great you know it's, yeah. it's, it's who's playing it not the, it's not that don't hate the, the, the tool it's like yeah. blaming the tool not the person it's like oh well yes. you know oh I'm sorry that I broke the television well I tried to fix it with a hammer that yeah. is why it's broken it's, it's me not the hammer it's yeah. not the hammer's fault yeah you know? <laughs> exactly and, but for some reason they, they, the comedy community hates that hammer it's, yeah but they hate it's because it. they can't it, yeah well that's true because they've seen so many shit people yeah, do yeah and it's it, just you know? tarnished mm. and after a while of, of denial 
I was in this. I was into that say you think you're funny thing, mm. and, I, and probably too late on because I think mm. you only meant to enter if you've done it a year. I was going mm. about two years, mm. two and a half probably. Way too late to do it probably. And still only got to semi final because I was also I was drinking a lot when I was doing stand up, and when I started doing music comedy coincided. Oh no, it was j- just after I stopped quitting mm. for drinking, and I, when I quit drinking, it felt like I was starting again a mm. bit. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm actually nervous now. I've never had to deal with nerves before. Right, okay. And then I started going, oh, I've been doing this all wrong, turning up late and drunk and professional. So I built up no good favour. Mm. As far as I could tell, people would see me. A few people thought, he could maybe do something. Mm. But who would book him now? Mm. I think there. To, so I was starting from scratch, really, in my mind. So I thought, oh, I'll enter this competition, I'm a new actor. And, mm. and thank God I didn't get to the final. Because if I'd been reviewed, I've seen it since... And the scorn that all of the major reviewers have for ukulele. They all just start with, I should pref- I should say that I hate ukulele comedians. And my girlfriend, who used to play the ukulele as well, mm. Katie is obviously her on, uh, she was in a fi- uh, in the semi-final for the Funny Women, and she got a wild card. Mm. She didn't end up going into the final, but she got the wild card on the night, she did brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And the woman came up to her and said, not as, in as much in many words, essentially, like not that you would have won it if, but she said, Dem, you did very well. I mean, my thing is, I just hate ukuleles. Mm. So, yeah. as much as I wanted to like you, I do hate you. And so the woman who judged that whole competition told her that. Yeah. And we had all this stuff come into us, and we just both sort of thought, you can't maintain this. Mm. So, Katie still uses it occasionally. Gosh, she hasn't used it in ages. She now uses it to make a joke at the top of her set, mm. and that's it. I just bought a guitar, because I just thought, yeah. fuck it, I'm not going to... Really, I just can't get deal joy with straight that. away. You've got to yeah. get past that barrier. Yeah, but, it, but it's like it's like when you hear something about the tube, right? Mm. Or, or maybe a character comic. But if the person's taking it somewhere where you never thought that it could possibly go, yeah, that's yeah. still a, an original bit. It's not hack yeah. or, or a character that's like you know some sort of you know archetype. But they've taken it somewhere. They've made it their own. Those songs are great. It's just a little hurdle you don't have mm. to get over mm. suddenly. People just because I did. I was getting a lot of comments along the lines of people going. God, when I saw the ukulele, I thought you were going to lose shit. (laughs) But sometimes, at the same time, it lowers their expectations, and then you go, oh yeah, yeah. opera cut. (laughs) I remember really surprising people with it, because people went, oh okay, it wasn't, yeah, you don't get that anymore, suddenly there's more expectation when they see a guitar. But I still got a a slightly comically undersized guitar, because it's slightly smaller, so it's three quarters, so it is a bit slimmer. Also, just from a practical reason, it is limited, the ukulele, because it's four strings, it's tiny, so it can't generate much volume. Mm. You play it quite high up, so sometimes the mic picks up, but generally in a big room, Mm. it's almost silent. You can't hear it. it, And it goes out of tune really easy, Mm. it's a very unreliable instrument. So there is practical reasons as well. You can do guitar, you can just plug it in if you need to, and Mm. whatever. And you can do more things. Mm. So now I'm trying to experiment with that, going, okay, Maybe do a jazz song and a blues song, and so, mm. the, so that the theme of the, the song can be reflected by the type of music, whether uh, you couldn't have a ukulele because everything has to be ding 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 ding. It's a bit limiting. You say you did uh, your podcasts. Are they still available online or? Mm, yeah, I think maybe, but they I, I'd be loath to promote them, right? Because I, I mean, oh god, what was really interesting? What was it called? Matt, Mm, it's called Long and to the Right, which was mm. my, his name was Mark Wright, mm. and I'm John Mark. So they used mm. Long and to the Right bizarre double act name. Um, Not really. You, you went with innuendo for your first. For your yeah, first the first few, first few series. Yeah, that, you know the band. <laughs> yeah, gosh, Mark wasn't in that. He was in a separate band called Plasticine, right. who were actually very good. Who mm. once supported the Automatic, um, and that was their claim to fame. Wishing Lincolnshire made them quite the buzz about town. Did you? So you did the. So you did that. But did you have what's the, what was the name of? 
any of your songs that you had? Was there any like climbing name that you had for innuendos? Oh, the innuendos? Yeah. Um, some of our songs were... Um, they, they were kind of piss takes, a lot of them. Yeah. So there was a lot of songs with Riot in them, for some reason, mm. at the time. Mm. There was I Predict a Riot by the Kaiser Chiefs, and there was another song about all these different things about riots, and, and I just... And we went into the clash, and we listened to White Riot. Mm. And so it was kind of a joke. We did a song called, like, yeah, Riot, why not? Mm. It was called Riot, why not? In mm. a really fucking ridiculous yeah. way. And it was a terrible way, of, like, yeah, things are kicking off. But it was kind of piss takey. So that was one of them. Right? Why not? Right? Why not? That was one of them. Right? Why not? That's an awful name. I'm yeah. trying to think of them. They're all terrible names. <laughs> so, so you, you do you still work in the recycling centre? Oh, internally cringing. I do. Yes. Yeah, I was there today. It's really good. It's about because it's it's just a part time job. You just walk in and like, oh come on, something else today. Come on, we had a had a deal. Nothing since that. Oh song really? Day. But. Um, I think I plumbed the depths of it. The, the occasionally, but do you know the thing about it is stuff happens there that is remarkable. Mm. More often than not, it's horrifying and shocking rather than funny. You know, stuff that if I talked about would make people very uncomfortable. Animals but it's and kind stuff. Of worse. Oh. I mean, the I mean, stuff, stuff is kind of cool in terms of some of the some of the stuff, and then uh, then it becomes horrifying mm. because obviously then humans become involved but yeah there was something like it was a horrible incident one day where we just came to work and there was just loads of police everywhere we were wondering what happened mm. and they, the lady to tell us she went well basically what happened was a, they found a woman was, they found CCTV footage of a woman throwing her baby in the bin uh, outside of a hotel because she'd gone a bit mad and had mm. too many and didn't know how to deal with one of them so just trapped in a bin and said that she'd I don't know what, I don't even know what, she had a plan, um, but she'd just done this. Now what happens in London, and it's happening more and more in the country, is nothing gets sent to landfill anymore. Right. We don't have the space for it. So everything goes to the sort of Scandinavian model, which is an energy from waste plant, so it all gets incinerated. Right. So all of the general waste, and we're getting like a thousand tonnes a day, so we're processing it quickly. A thousand tonnes are coming in, we're sending it out to this incinerator, it's getting burned. If you don't get something within a day, it's gone. And these incinerators, they don't leave dental records, they don't leave nothing. They leave, you can you can get the steel from it with a magnet, but nothing remains. So it's remarkably easy these days to get rid of evidence if you know what you're doing and you know which borough to dump in in London. Because no, John, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have access to that uh, incinerator. Um, yeah, I knew there was a reason I got you on this podcast. Actually, I, could, I genuinely feel like I could really be an incredibly uh, helpful assistant in a murder. Yeah. I never would. Yeah, but God, I could be. Um, just, just if you want to get in contact, yeah. guys. Um, no, <laughs> on Facebook, I'm massively underused. Yeah, yeah. but, but then, yeah. So it was a horrible day when they just had to tell us that the police were trying to go through these containers, and then they, after after a while, they could only narrow it down to seven of these containers. It could possibly be, and if at all, and it probably wasn't. And each one of those containers is so packed full that it would take months to go through each one. So she was the first ever example of a woman uh, convicted of murder with no. Body. Wow! Because they just went fuck it. Well, we've got the evidence. You're going to prison, so they changed the. It was a sort of. It was. It's going to wow. be one of those ones that get studied by mm. law students. But it was a fucking horrifying day. We went. Oh, yeah, there was a baby, and you just and you just walk through work like a baby. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty it's easy, really, though, isn't it? It's pretty easy to get rid of people. It is, and wow. we often get police. You know, might say if they see CCTV footage, they find ah, he dropped the murder weapon in that bin. But you didn't get that bin with. If you didn't find that within a day. Mm, there's no way of getting that Great. I mean in a way if you wanted yeah. <laughs> not that I want to do anything like no, that but I mean, I mean that's why there's all these Scandinavian um, 
horror detective things happening at the moment because it's their model and they've had it for a while so maybe now murder's got so easy over there that people have made a bit of an art form out of it now they've got all this so maybe we're going to get some excellent more star we're going to get an influx of them in a few years so there's wow. silver lining yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David Tennant's going to get some excellent work out of it and yeah. that's going to be lovely and we're finally going to see Eddie Redmayne in a kind of gritty role that we've all been waiting to see him in so it's, it's you know you, you, you can't take the rough of the smooth so what else do you do then, John? What else do you do to decompress now? Apart I, from doing the comedy, I just can't, I'm pretty obsessed. Everything's mm. sort of comedy related. Is that your thing? I'm like, obsessed? I think I'm like you in mm. that. Yeah, I'm totally. I was, I was meandering around, going, and I, I didn't have to do it long because I found comedy quite quickly. But I was mm. just pr- going through in my mind all the different things my life could become, mm. and what jobs I could do, and my sort of prospects, and what kind of paths I could take. And every single one of them, I just went, ugh, mm. fuck, ugh, mm. ugh. and uh, and then I just comedy was the only one I thought um, that would be brilliant. But it was, and as soon as I started doing it, I was like, right. Yeah. So actually, so as soon as I stopped drinking mm-hmm. and went, actually, I need to stop fucking around. I need mm-hmm. to make this. Mm-hmm. You need to work mm-hmm. hard. You can't do two gigs a week mm-hmm. at, at the same open mic night because mm-hmm. you've got to yeah. really put the hours in. And I just found the job I'm in now, which is mm-hmm. part time. It's five days a week, but I'm done by two or three. Sometimes later. Yeah. Today was a bit later, but most of the time done by about two. Then you have the afternoon to yourself mm-hmm. before the gig. So whatever. I'm in that job and I'm thinking, right, this is perfect. So I just went, I'll write off the next five to ten years. I'm just saying, I'm willing to put those many years towards doing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, everything is a bit obsessed towards, because I do want to get there quickly. So mm-hmm. because I can't go around the country, I'm compensating by just doing lots of gigs. You've been doing open spots at the comedy store, haven't you? Yeah. Did the, got, they're very, very, they, they, they book you maybe once a year, kind of thing. But Still, on the CV. Brilliant. The semi-finals you said you got to, was it? So you think you're funny? So you think you're funny got semi-finals? Yes, yeah, and you got the, the open, you do the open spots at the comedy store. Well, yes. happy days. Yeah. I mean, if those, those fucking rooms, I mean, shit, those are those sort of, I mean, you do the gong show, right, to get through. Yeah, well, you yeah. have to win the gong show, mm. or, I mean, they, they also, there's, you know, if you can get to the final, I know a couple of people that have gotten to the clap-off bit a couple of times, and um, they just said, hey, you, you can come and do an open spot, you don't have to win it necessarily every time. But, um, yeah, which is tricky because that that system benefits some people more than others. Mm. I think it benefits me a little bit because if you're musical and you can uh, still actually they don't like bad music. A lot of people told me don't do your music stuff, mm. <laughs> but anyway, it's that's good to do. I'm doing all right. The musical comedy awards was good for me as well mm. because that's musical comedy. So okay. you get judged just on musical comedy. Mm. That's a good one. Did you won. I won, uh, didn't win that one. I came third in that one, but I won the audience favourite thingy, and they um, and they. But it's it's a small little thing, but it's brilliant because what it does is it gives you access to people go there to look for musical comedians. Mm-hmm. So people that are willing to book musical comedians go and you go okay. Mm-hmm. And I think being a musical comedian helps mm-hmm. me personally. Mm-hmm. I think you're because you've got you're Irish, mm-hmm. so I think that I think because there's such an oversaturation of. Comedians, mm. you've got. The, if you're a booker, mm. look at your choices these mm. days. Mm. You've you're spoiled for choices, mm. and so what you want to do in your mind is you, you you're going to pick, um, you're going to go for a variety or whatever. So mm. it just helps to be in a variety that is slightly less. And unfortunately, I'm in white, male, straight, mm. Mm. non-determinate accent from the age of twenty to thirty. Mm. It makes up about seventy percent of the open mic scene. It would seem. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. You would get sick of watching too many of them. Mm, so it helps to do 
music, I think. Mm, because um, I'm a musical, I'm not a, one of those anymore. I'm a musical comedian. We're mm. like our own race. <laughs> <laughs> we are our own yeah, subspecies. Yeah. And I think it's good. Some people get, get a bit of flack for it, but you, there are plenty of promoters who realise it's quite good to break things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it is useful. Mm. Um, are you doing the fringe this year? Going to the fringe? Yes. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, the school year this year. It is, isn't yeah. it? A school year. Mm. Mm. Yes, this year. You're quite right. It is a school year, isn't it? Mm. And it ends with. And it, it feels like years, in the way that the comedians break down, you think of people as being older than in the year below, don't you? And age ceases to be a thing, doesn't it? Because yeah, definitely. I've been talked to by people younger than me, like I'm, they're older than me, mm. and vice versa, because yeah. of comedy, because they give you a reference, and you go, you're um, six years old, you should not be talking to me in this manner, <laughs> I should be talking to you in this manner, and vice versa, where mm. I've had a 19-year-old talk to me, and I've been going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> mm. age becomes irrelevant, it's become irrelevant. Age definitely becomes irrelevant after a while, because, you know, but that is funniness, isn't it? It's like, how funny are you? Absolutely. That's <laughs> all I give a shit about. Mm-hmm. How funny are you? Mm-hmm. How nice are you? That's yeah, that, that, exactly. Exactly. And, and there's enough comedians that you can limit yourself to just like, hanging out with those people. And that's what's brilliant about it. It's, that's, it's, I'm, sometimes people say um, they're going into comedy for like, just a hobby. Mm-hmm. And some people get a bit annoyed and go, well, don't take up the space. I sort of kind of recommend it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because if, especially if that's, the open mic scene's too many people anyway. It's mm-hmm. always going to be like that from now on I guess um, but I always recommend it because it's I was struggling to meet people in London once mm-hmm. my university had finished mm-hmm. I realised all my friends had been around university and my school friends had faded away slightly so I was like oh fuck how do you make friends in yeah. London yeah how do you actually interact with people because everyone's so closed yeah mm-hmm. you need which is why Meetup has been so popular over the last few years I think as a rise in thing because mm-hmm. it's a way you can go on a website and go filter pe- to things I'll like so I know people like I'll like probably like mm-hmm. them and so you go to comedy or you go to whatever. I did a gig once when I was in bands for a Rolling Stones tribute night, which was loads of different musicians doing Rolling Stones tribute night. Mm. And it was this group that booked all of the tickets for this tiny venue, 20 tickets or whatever. They booked all of them. Mm. So it became a private event. It wasn't just a deception, but they'd made it one. It was at Aces and Eights, do you know that place? In Kenchita, mm. that little, tiny little room. Yeah, right I think so, yeah. Park mm. Station. It was a beautiful room, and we had this amazing night to these people, and, it, and we were like, they were, it was interesting. There was like, we were looking at them, and they seemed to know each other, and there was like, mm. people were like, starting to get off with each other in corners, and there was lots of animated things going mm. on. And it was, we couldn't work out what the dynamic was. We said, What's your, how do you know each other? And they said, well, We've never met before, but we've been communicating on a Rolling Stones Appreciation Forum fan site mm. for about a year and a half now. But we've, and a couple of us have met, but none of us have met together. Mm. So they'd all made the trip to London to do this fucking thing. And it was a beautiful moment. That's how people come, they go on the internet and form little colonies now. Yeah. Comedies like that. It's like all the mm. like minded people just collect together. And they're all walks of life, mm. and there are people mm. from every country in the world mm. and every sexual orientation and mm. age. But I totally get on with them yeah. literally. And to the point where now I hang out with them so much that when I'm with people that aren't, Mm. I feel a bit out of the loop. I feel like a bit uncomfortable. What's the thing you found the, the hardest with comedy, like in, in, in life and comedy? Setting out to write mater- new material, mm. deliberately. I can't do it. I can only do it when I'm not thinking about it or when I don't need it. The block, the fear of the page, the fear of the yeah, blank page. Sort of thing. Fucking weirdly. Mm. I sit down, I can write, not stand up, mm. whenever I want to, mm-hmm. to an okay standard. I've been doing like a course on it, and I'm a bit more trained in writing, so I can sit down and go right. I need to, I need to write a funny scene. I need mm. to write a funny whatever, else sketch, and I can sort of do it. 
and getting better at it. But I, I can't sit down and go, right, I'm going to write I, It has to be just an inspiration. Sure. Yeah. And as soon as I want it, it never gets it. away. Yeah. It's the evasive thing, you know. In the ether, it's God, no, the yeah. fog is here again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you, you, so you did your degree in writing in, in English? I'm doing in the middle of doing it. I did a, my degree was in fine art, but I've got I'm doing a diploma. <laughs> oh, oh, fine art, good old. I fucking hate people in fine art. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 I mean, no, no offense. Yeah, no, 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 no but I it. fucking hated them. There was a guy. I did took <laughs> one fucking module in college, right, with, with doing fine art, and the guy came in and he had an Elvis fucking quiff nothing wrong with that that's fine also had an Elvis ring okay and I was like and like you know which is fine the big even had the collar even had the collar wore a leather jacket fine, fine. I'm, I'm okay I'm on, fine I was, with all of these things I was on board with this this is going to be fun right this is going to be fun and I was like right what are we doing okay and then we saw a video that was basically a camera put down filming nothing and I was like right now write a, a, a thousand and five hundred word essay on that moving painting yeah. I was like what the fuck this this and, and people get firsts in that, right? Yeah. And you work, and I was like, I had one module, I passed it, just about, but but I, I couldn't write anything on this thing. It's like, well, you know, this is too, this is too obviously too um, formulaic. But that was the thing, and there was like, other people who did their entire degree. Sorry, you like yourself? Yeah. Uh, who did their entire degree on fine art? I was like, oh my god! And I did my degree in video, digital, well, digital media. That's great, but that because that's it's a skill. It is, but like. It was fucking hard, man. They judged it so harshly. It was subjective to a degree as well. Some yeah, massively, of it, you know, massively. Um, um, uh, but with uh, video editing, it's subjective. But there's certain objective elements to it where you can be marked on. Mm-hmm. You don't cut from that to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't go from close up to close up or whatever. I'm not sure of the different yeah. things, but um, th- there's rules, isn't yeah, there? Of course, fine art is so blown open. Yeah, it's a fucking mind fuck, and it mm. becomes basically in the era of fine art that I did it. It was all in the shadow of. Damien Hurst mm. and Damien Hurst's whole thing really and Tracy Emin and those kind of that era mm. um, was kind of the sense of blagging they were from a capital they were from products of the 80s where you, you could blag your way into things and that was kind of what the art world became it became the post Duchamp universe where anything could be art it became what could you get away with selling mm. for a million pounds come mm. on I reckon, I reckon a cow in formaldehyde mm. if I give it the appropriate title I can mm. sell that and it was cynical and it was very ironic in a lot of ways. Mm. And as an art school, in the result after that, it became who could be the biggest pretentious douchebag mm. and mm. use the most complicated language to basically mm. say nothing. Yeah. I hated it. I hated them a lot. Mm. And I found it really snobbish. Mm. And there is nothing more snobby than the art, <laughs> the fine art world. Because basically, the smaller your bubble that you're in, the snobby you become. Mm. And it's why comedy actually is probably benefiting from more people in it. Mm. It's probably getting less snobby. Art world is so small. They are so snobby. They, make, they all revolve around Brick Lane and every mm. first Thursday of the month, whatever it is, they have this gallery day where mm. they all converge on all the new artists and they all stand in front of paintings and drink wine mm. and they never actually look around and take anything in. Mm. But it's all about who's seen where. It's fucking bullshit. Pretentious bollocks. All pretentious bollocks, And, and that, was, that was the thing that fucked me off. It's like, you, if you can back whatever it is you've you've created up mm. with a load of bullshit and, it, and you stand behind that bullshit so yeah. confidently and with such front yeah. you're fine absolutely and that was and that fucked me off I really did I don't give a shit about it it's, I think it's so anachronistic now I take mm. elements from it that I like from the past but from modern senses I don't think the fine art world has anything to contribute I think the real big artistic things at the moment are obviously was film now mm. I think it's these miniseries television mm. things yeah, things like fucking Stranger Things or whatever 
or True Detective, those kind of things. That's mm. where the art is being beautiful. Mm. Black Mirror. Oh, great. Amazing. Now that we... That's, that's what painting was. Mm. Or whatever, you know. It's storytelling, isn't it? It's the best. It's the most... It's how art is basically something that is designed specifically to move you. That's mm. the definition. It's designed to create some sort of... Some reaction in you, specific... Like, and it's designed for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And nothing else. Mm. And I think that's... That has a wide range. I don't think that is that armour. Just whatever gets you going. Comedy. Where, where did you do your degree? I did it in a place called... Uh, it's London Met. It's the mm. university. With a college called the John Cass School of Art. And you're doing your a degree, something in writing now, was it a degree as well? Yeah, it's a diploma. Oh, a diploma in writing. In uh, writing and producing TV and comedy for radio. Producing comedy for TV and radio, sorry. Excellent. Is there a placement in that too? It's not. It's like, um, it's run by the National Film and Television School, who are in Be- Beaconsfield, but, Beaconsfield, sorry. Mm. But it's um, in Soho, and it's where they, they get 15 people a year, 60 people a year, 14 at the moment. And it's like a writer's room. You come every week on a Tuesday evening and you sit in this room and mm. you have assignments every week and everyone turns up and you do table reads and discuss stuff the guy that runs it is a guy called Bill Dare who does mm. he is mainly a producer as well as a writer but he's p- produced things like The Now Show and Dead, he, Dead Rings is his and mm. has all his stuff and he writes those kind of things he's a big radio guy mm. he used to do the weekending so all of the sort of new comedians kind of like know him he's a bit of a he wasn't gatekeeper for a while very generous sort of man because a lot of people leg ups and and he knows a lot of people as a result. People have come through and know him, and so he gets all these speakers in. So you get in, like, we had the commissioning editor of Sky Arts come in mm. just to talk to us about what sort of things catch our eye these days and what mm. things and trends and ways to look out for what might be something that people might be interested in. And then, like, we got John Lloyd coming in soon, things like that. So it's really good for that, but it's, it, it took me ages to get out. It was my third year. It was my... I oh, know it was my second year of attempting it, and I got on the reservation list. Great. And then two days before it started, then someone dropped out, and I got a placement. Right? Yeah, it's expensive. It's a bit expensive, but it's worth it. I think mm. it can really uh, help shape you know, the skills you're going to have. You know, for writing your own sitcom. Yeah, I mean, you want that guy's number. Uh, the guy you want uh, that guy's yes. number on, on the speed dial. Like, okay, well, what, what's Vogue in Vogue now? Okay, great, thanks. Okay, anyway, yeah, yeah, okay. It was, a, now? It, was right. a, it was a woman actually. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're awful. Right. What was the girl, woman's name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible names. I can't remember. Oh, you probably remember it's a man, of course. Isn't it? I know, uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember every man's name I've ever met. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. That's a, different, that's a different section of my brain. Do not, do not delete. Important, unimportant. Yeah. I, remember, I forget. No, I uh, my, my my forgetfulness is is incredibly um, uh, communist, and it's all t- yeah. Every, yeah. I forget everyone's. I forget everyone's name. Yeah. Yours is very good. Yours is quite memorable. Mm. I, I find names that are. Uh, memorable and, and it's, in its, you know, it's connected to uh, something that happens every year of course you know, yeah even your last name though is Winter Fernandez is a name that just sticks in my mind yeah. for all the right reasons of course yeah all the right reasons because it's, it's like uh, it's an Irish guy with a kind of Dutch name mm. and a kind of maybe hippie parents with the winter yeah, and, yeah unfortunately no none of those things w- w- but it gives <laughs> paints, paints that picture it's like oh so I can pull back and reveal oh who whoa no, no this isn't the person I was expecting is it not Dutch it is, well, it's Sri Lankan. Oh, close. Mm, yeah, oh, well, no, wait, hang on. Did the Dutch colonise Sri Lanka? Correct, they ah. did. They certainly did. You're there right. You go. But it was, uh, yeah, so. Um, I've heard Sri Lanka is gorgeous. So, yeah, I think it is. It Holiday is. I've never been. I've got, my cousins are all over there. Oh, really? So, because my, my dad's from Sri Lanka, and my, uh, I think my great, I think my great grandfather was Dutch. 
I still do like that. Like, and then, so that's... The, so they went over to Point Rise and... Yeah, then, hey... Dad came over to... Hey, locals, what's going on? Uh, hey, let's share this gene pool. Yeah, baby! Yeah, let's... Yeah, we're having a great time. Uh, yeah, um, they agreed on something, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's actually led, what led to uh, Shalaka's independence, I'm sure. Mm. Just a, a, a post-coital little chat with someone, what some lover said to the ambassadorial uh, fella... <laughs> Oh, go on, let us go, will you? If you love us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's how it's done. Pillow talk is the dismantling of the empire. But, like, so you're, you're family creative as well, apart from... Oh, your dad was in the Navy, but was he doing Navy yeah. in a creative way? He was like, hey, let's scare this shit. <laughs> I'm scared <laughs> to shit my foot. What? There's no room for creativity in the Navy, sadly. But what's good is that uh, you think he was a bit... No, he is. He is. Mm. He's creative in his. He's a bus- he's business guy. So how we differ. But he's very creative in like, that world. I guess he has his own business that he grew from kind of nothing. Yeah. And um, he's done really well for himself. But it's management consultancy, which I have kind of two minds about. I don't really okay. get it. I get it. And I don't get it. Mm. I like the people, and I worked there for a time. Yeah. And they were lovely to me, and I was the worst employee ever. And they mm. tolerated it. But gosh, I can't work out what they do. Mm. I think the good ones. Do add something, and it, they're all born out of accountancy. It seems so. All the account, all KPMG, yeah. all those management consultants are, used to be accountants. Mm. They used to go chance account. They'll go into a company, break down, audit them, and go, "Okay, here's where you're leaking money. Mm. Here, here, and here, and here." Mm. And they would go, "Brilliant, thank you." Mm. And they'll go, "Get rid of them, tighten that, do that." Very practical, mm. and it still is that. Mm-hmm. But they've gone, it's just tart up the language a bit. Mm. And now they basically, what they'll go in, they'll identify the problems, but then they'll also stick around and help them to solve oh, those right, problems. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, they won't run away. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> run off. They, they won't. They'll, 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 they'll go, if you want, we can, we can, we know how to, we've seen this before mm. and we know how to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. And what they essentially do is go in and use those people's um, own skills to fix it. So they'll go and facilitate is the word they always use mm. and they'll go, right, so this is a problem, you guys all know how to fix this problem, you know this industry better than we do. Mm-hmm. Let's solve it. Mm. And they're problem solvers. Yeah. But God it's a wanky term lots of wanky terms mm. in there. Mm. And it's rem- and I just come out of art school and I was sick of wanky terms. Mm. I don't want wanky terms. Mm. And then it's got tons of wanky terms. So mm. as much as I love the people I had to get away from that. And comedy is pretty I mean you could use loads of wanky terms mm. if you wanted to. But it's pretty basic. Mm. It's kind of violent almost. Mm. You, you kill, you die, you bomb, you this, and, mm. and it, but it's but it's clear and cut, and, and it doesn't feel excluding. Mm. I mean, it doesn't feel like people would come into that world and not know what the fuck you're talking mm. about. I guess you could if you sat there and went, "Classic Paul Bevan and all these." But I think mm. people even since Pope Stuart, now that Stuart Lee's existed, mm. people know all the names yeah. of everything. Yes, yeah, true. It, it is, there's a lack of snobbery. However, there is a type of com- comedian now who are getting reviewed as their artists. Oh, a lot of them are very good but there is a lot of them who are the way they conduct themselves when I meet them is exactly like the people in art school they're snobby and they come mm. around and they go oh my god I don't think he's even been to Gaudier at all mm. and uh, oh no man, yeah. I was thinking I changed my name mm. and I'm pretty cool and it reminds me a lot of art school uh, people mm. or the art world people and mm. I think that's dangerous for comedy comedy yeah. should be accessible exactly. and rough around the edges mm. and I think it should be other people and they kind of try and make it elitist and tighten their bubble you should never get the bubble small mm-hmm. I've always been the kind of comedian where what's your ambition my ambition is not like oh I really want to be respected in mm. Edinburgh show I want to get an Edinburgh show where everyone is like mm. I want to like, I want to be a comedian I mm. watch that film comedian Cheers I thought mm. I want to be I want to go to clubs yeah. and make people have a nice Friday evening or Saturday yeah. evening or whatever evening yeah. I want to um, make people look, um, Funniest I can be. Funniest, funniest. Absolutely, the funniest I can be. If once I'm really, really funny 
and I've got it down, I can find a way to go, right, and I can also mm. do something else with mm. this. Mm. Brilliant. But I think you've got to just learn how to be funny first, yeah. Yeah. then play with the form. Uh, you do it a bit on the way, and you make sure you're not just doing anything for you. You're like, oh, I'm going to be responsible for what I say. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything that could be misconstrued or whatever. But mm-hmm. at the same time, don't get fucking pretentious about it. And my comedy changes lives. Has your old man come to see you perform? Yeah, he's pretty enthusiastic. He used to come at the beginning, then I stopped him for a while. And then uh, you get on with him. Yeah, really well. Mm-hmm. He lives near London, so it's good. Correct. Uh, he comes to me quite a bit. No, he used to. The lesson now. That's probably more me. So you don't have to come to it very often. You've seen me recently, though. He's, he's a big fan. He likes mm. it a lot. In my musical comedy awards, when, I, when I, they announced the um, audience favourite first, mm. and I won, I came out, and he jumped up. He was quite drunk by this point. <laughs> and he jumped up and down and started screaming, That's my sad word! And then no, one was, great, look, no one was looking at me, I was looking at him. That's, it was brilliant. That's great. It was uh, brilliant, yeah. but I took all the pressure off me. Because yeah. then I just... Um, he was like, That's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy was like, um, I was like, oh, it's your dad. I was like, no, I don't know him. I don't know who it is. No, yeah, it was, he was very sweet. He was, afterwards, he was like, a bit over the top. Oh. <laughs> no, that's fine. It was, um, yeah. it was very sweet. Yeah, of course. He just, he just loves it. He's enthusiastic. He's a really enthusiastic guy. He gets enthusiastic about everything. And he was just like, yeah. But then what was interesting, then they had to stop, and then they had to announce the actual winners. Oh. And then go, third, John. It's fine. You made me last me that one, Dad. Second, first. <laughs> they, they're not my son, so yeah. it's <laughs> What your sister? Is she into comedy as well, or what she, she likes it? She's very supportive as well. She's brilliant. She's no, she's in. She's in events. She's oh, good great. at that. She's very much the opposite of me in that she can collect her thoughts and be very together mm. and be a person in a crisis. You want who, who sorts everything out. Mm. So in those situations, I'll go to pieces. But so she loves that. She loves like events and things. It's stressful. She might it's like planning like, wedding every every week. Yeah, of course. Like you know, that's, that's it. it. You just been for a wedding. That's something you, you want to do once, maybe four or five times in your lifetime, isn't it? <laughs> Max. <laughs> After the fifth, you're like, I'm just going to stop doing these. I think because mm. they're mm. so hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tricky. Right? <laughs> yeah, totally. At least five times. I mean, you know, that, that five, <laughs> five times a charm, isn't it? That's it. Well, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fucking hell. Too much. I couldn't do it. You could help. She could help with contacts, though, right? With uh, getting venues for your shows. Maybe. Do you know what she'd be probably quite good for? One day when I'm good enough to do that kind of mm. work is that kind of. Do you know that corporate work sometimes people do oh, where yeah. they host like people's Christmas parties? Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's very soul destroying, but paying oh, very well. Mm. Um, she organises a bunch of those, or she used to. But now she works for kind of one company. But maybe, I could, yeah, she'd probably get me in those. But. Uh, she wouldn't at the moment because as much as she'd be very supportive it is her job and she would care like the party was great except for what, what your brother yeah. <laughs> we, we asked for Alexander Armstrong <laughs> yeah or mm. Hal Cruttenden mm. or uh, whoever and what's her name Natasha or Tasha Tasha Long Tasha well. Long Tasha yeah. Long um, what's your dad's name he's Mark Long right. my mum is now what is her name now she's Jill Smith ah right She's now she's remarried, but she wants to love. Mm. Now my cousins. Let's start. Any happiness? Any I've got yeah. I've got a step brother now. Oh, right. Okay, Joseph Downing. Yeah. I have to remember his name because his name's different to his mum's mm. name. What's mm. different names? Complicated names again. Names. Oh, I'm really bad with names. Mm. I got mm. about eight in my mind. So you're you're, got, you're taking shows to the fringe. I am next year. I'm going to. What is it called? It's going to be called John Longwinded. Oh yeah. And it's. Just it's a lot of wind in your in your sort of in your in your life. 
you've got Hurricane Katie. I mean, she, and you've got uh, yeah, Long Winded. There you go. That's, that's nailed it. See, connection. Yeah. Good at this. That's it. I didn't even think about that. We'll probably be bringing them up at the same time so yeah. that we can put them on the either side of mm. the flyers together. Two sides. Yeah. Yeah, mine's going to be. Blow people away. Oh, yeah. bosh. Exactly. There you go. That'll, be the, on the, that'll be the tag. Yeah. Nice. Come, both of these shows will blow you away. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, cool bite winter. Phone under. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's in five hundred away, so even smaller five hundred. Underneath it, yeah, um, the three meter gap, just the bit, the bleed, just yeah, put in the bleed there. Yeah. You might get it. Some, 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 you'll see on some flights, depending on where they cut it. That particular print. So. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's there next to the when they do the little colours. Do you mm. know sometimes when you look at the carton, you can see where they yeah. printed the test colours. It's there. Mm. Okay, that's good. It's in yeah. there. It's just I'll, I'll know it's in there. It's fine. I'll know. Long-winded. Long-winded. Any other gigs that are coming up of note? Well, I don't know, to be honest. Probably not. But I think the best thing to do is if you follow me on Twitter, then then stuff on there, or Mm. I promote stuff on it, which is John on stand-up. I will also point out that John's Mm J-O-N, because it's not so much a problem anymore, because the story has disappeared out of the news a bit. Mm. But there was a while this summer, right? I got... It was Edinburgh. I was in Edinburgh. This guy tweeted me and said, enjoyed the set last night, Mm. went to Google you, didn't realise it was J-O-N unlucky about your namesake or something like that and right. I went what the mm. fuck so I googled John Long J-O-H-N mm. which is totally plausible mm. that you would do that if you yeah. went oh that guy was good what was his name John Long J-O-H-N that was the first spelling you'd choose mm. um, and that if you type that in it would come up with the first headline which was um, convicted paedophile oh. John Long accused of sexual assault of babies or whatever and got off scot-free He's a young guy. Thank God he didn't look anything like me. Mm. The mugshot. But it was, the headline came up. Big. Mm. It's slowly coming down. Mm. You can still find it, but it's, it's lower down the page now, so it's mm. all right. But for a long time, I was really going... On mm. stage, I was going, it's J-O-N, guys. J-O-N. Mm. Yeah. That's difficult. <sighs> There's enough of that on the circuit. Well, there was. I mean, that's only just kind of yeah, subsided. Exactly. Yeah, you didn't want another Daily Mail article. Mm. That's right. But, do you hear that, John? He's only got another fucking Russ, hasn't he? <laughs> You've only got to rustle it up a bit. Yeah, that's it. Um, even rustling feathers. Rustling feathers at the BBC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we'll, we'll find you on Twitter and you're on Facebook and all that stuff, yeah? Yeah, John Long Stand-Up. Mm. J-O-N Long Stand-Up. And it's, uh, I do stuff on YouTube. I've got a thing. Actually, that is something I've got coming up that I'm excited about. Mm. Is that I did a gig at the Hastings Fringe last year. You might be able to appreciate it because it's my first foray properly into video editing. I've done a bit of video editing mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, this, is, this is my magnus open and all, everything I've learned so far and gone way too far on it. Mm. But it's, doing a, I've got this footage I made for this. They did this gig and they said, yeah, we can film it for you if you like. And I said, yeah, 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 mm. just film it like for 50 quid. Mm. And I went, oh, okay. And then I saw their equipment I thought, they look like they know what they're doing. They've got fatty equipment, mm. which I think is probably something you should not do because equipment, mm. anyone can buy equipment, can't they? Mm. <laughs> and what happened was they filmed it and they were very lovely people. And they captured it all. But it, a, it was a weird gig because it was like it was a pub and it was open, mm. and the door, the whole front was open because it was really sunny and it was on the water f- seafront pretty much. So people were just coming in and out, and there was a core group of people there, and it was good. It was a good gig, but it was a hard, weird one. Mm-hmm. And it was like my solo show, and then and it was also I'm still haven't finished it mm-hmm. yet, so it was a bit up in the air. Mm. But it went really well. But the film of it was really odd because it was like. There was one camera angle which was really good, which was one woman. And then this guy walking around with a really expensive looking camera on. And all of his cutaways were just pretty much unusable because I guess he must have been shaking loads. And he'd gone to do 
like a shake steady thing mm. and you know how the, uh, the sort of way they digitally I guess must do that is they must take the smallest square that doesn't get affected by the shake mm. and clip that yeah. if you're shaking lots then that yeah. square gets smaller and smaller mm-hmm. and by the time if you're really shaky this they were all really zoomed in and you know when something isn't an optical zoom it's a digital zoom yeah. and so it's just a pixely that's mess. horrible looks yeah. gross mm. like zoomed in CCDB mm-hmm. yeah yeah all the cutaways are like that and it looked kind of weird and I thought this is kind of unusual, unusable and mm. it, they cut it really oddly and I thought the only way to make anything out of this is to kind of fuck around with it mm. so I put it in black and white and I cut it up and I made it look like aged film and all these things and yeah. put it in weird angles and weird places and then I've been filming these scenes in between of me editing them with scenes of my friends coming and asking me about how it's going and, me, and then there's a whole storyline with them as well so I'm trying to make this something out of it oh uh, yeah and so I've got now I think and I've, I've done a few different techniques like so I've got I thought about green screen I, don't, I have a green screen but it's miles away so I couldn't mm. have access to it but I wanted to do graphics and I didn't know mm. how to paint graphics mm-hmm. so I've got this thing where you can paint on, on on your iPad so I just painted a green background mm. and then painted words on it and then filmed that when they show you how you've painted it mm. and then overlaid that and so it like paints over it so I've got a few things that made it look a bit more different and unusual mm. but it's whether or not but I've been focused on it so much I have no idea if it's good or yeah. brilliant or awful which that sounds interesting I'm excited to find that it sounds interesting to watch though that's your hour show your, your, your full show yeah yeah I mean the stand up in it now I mean there'll probably be about 8 minutes of material in it but it's about <laughs> 25 minutes long yeah but the scenes and there's different stuff going on mm. and it's like cutaways and, and a few other things and uh, I mean, think it will be really good mm. but it might be it might be a completely untenable mess. No, I think it sounds fun. I mean, because, you know, it's just, it's going to be breaking, it comes to breaking up, it's like, oh, I didn't joke, and then, like, it's like a little, little sitcom of your life sort of thing, isn't it? This is what, oh, this yeah, it's all my flatmates playing themselves, but mm. they're playing them really harsh, arsehole versions of themselves, mm. and I'm like, what do you think about this? And they're going, you're doing that too much, you're fucking, that's really, that's pathetic, what you're doing there, and mm. all this stuff, and it's great, and deprecating, talking about how boring I am. That's great, that's like great. That. So it's a, uh, it, Oh, hopefully that'll be good. I've, mm. I've still got this one scene, a couple of scenes I need to film for it. It's hard getting everyone together because Kate's just gone off to um, Stafford. Mm. So I might rewrite it, that her scene as a Skype conversation mm. until we can actually get it done. Yeah. But that'll be fun too. And it's something, another, yeah. another yeah. to to kind of add into it. So you make it, just break it up rather than people keep coming yeah. into your room and you have like, even your, she's your, she's your girlfriend in the, in the thing as well. Yeah. Great. Well, that's, yeah. that's wonderful. And yeah. then more judgment coming from there. It's like, Her, she gets the final line, yeah. which is, um, as they're leaving and I think, yeah, they just assured me it's brilliant. They they leave me to go to the pub. That's they right. don't tell me about it, and they're off in the corner. I'm still doing it, and you just hear them laughing about me. Yeah. And one of them says he's so boring. And then Katie gets the last line, which I think is something like, uh, "Oh, you 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 think he's bad? You try going out with him. It's like dating Tim Edman." So she gets the final line. <laughs> so That's she, but, oh, but she's so sweet about her. I actually gave her the script, and she went, "I don't know. I have to call you." I don't think you're boring. Oh, you know, that's I, nice. like, I know, oh. but your character hates me, yeah. see, and you've got to... My other that's flatmates great. were like, yeah, give me it. All right. <laughs> Fine. <Boy. laughs> As guys, are they? That's it, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, John, well, I think, I think we're done, John, I think. Well, thank that's you, Winter. Well, John, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for Be having great. me. It's been really fun. John Long. Winter Fernando.
And that was John Long for episode 26. John Long, weaponized comedian, musical comedian. As I say, he's upgraded to a guitar now. So you better watch out. He's coming for you. Check his stuff out on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. He's there on Twitter, John Long Stand Up. Follow him. You'll find his gig dates. He's taking a show up to the Edinburgh Fringe called Long Winded. Check out his previews. Go see him in Edinburgh. Very funny guy. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow me, it's at Winter Phonander. If you like this podcast and you want to donate to us, we're on Patreon. Just go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast and donate as much or as little as you want. But if you can, kick something back. Just leave us a nice, honest review on iTunes or Podbean. It all helps, guys. It really does. I'm not going to say much more than that because this man flu. Why do we have to prefix flu? Can't it just be just flu? Man flu. It's all about separating, you know? Isolating us. Just let's call it flu. Everyone suffers from it. It's flu, all right? Not man flu, woman flu. It doesn't matter. It's flu, okay? That's it. I've got the flu at the moment. So I'm not going to talk too much more. I'm just going to say that that was episode 26 with John Long. Next week is episode 27 with very funny comic Declan Kennedy. Declan Kennedy has produced radio shows, loads of stuff for the BBC. He's a very funny guy as well. But that's all I'm going to say for this week. So it's next week, episode 27 with Declan Kennedy. We'll see you next time.